I think something, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, that's no fun. I had a good one too. Yes. Good little but- nugget. Hey, hey, it's the Into the Wild podcast with your hosts, Jamie Stuckert and Marcy Marba. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wild Foods podcast. I'm Marcy. I'm a host and I produce content for the Wild Foods team. I want to live in a world filled with delicious food, fluffy throw pillows, and a never-ending stream of gripping thriller novels. I'm also obsessed with nutrition (laughs) and food. I love that intro. Hello, everybody. It's Jamie here from the Wild Foods team, also a co-host to the Wild Podcast. I work alongside my brother, Colin, and help manage all things social marketing, content, and wild relationships. My background is actually in figure skating. I have 20 years of experience. I taught for 10, and health and wellness is just my number one priority in this life. And I hope to share my journey with you all, but also to shed light on all the wrong things in the food industry. So today, we actually have our special guest Brent Philbin from the Ancestral Mind. He also is the host of the Crypto Basic podcast. If we have any crypt- crypto fans out there, what's up, Brent? What's up, my Bitcoin? No. <laughs> yeah, Crypto Basic podcast. I have a lot of figure skating experience as well. I uh, still do that on the daily. And yeah. uh, he takes lessons with me, guys. <laughs> I can almost stand. I love that. Well, on your way to the Olympics, Brent. Yeah. So if you all have anything you want to reach out to us for, please email us at info at wildfoods.co. That's C-O. A lot of people make the mistake of C-O-M on the end. (laughs) And today we are talking about the food myths that we used to believe. Because there is so much propaganda out there when it comes to food, we wanted to talk about the food myths we once believed, and hopefully it will help you guys out. Food corporations have led us down this path of destruction, as I'm sure all of you know, and it's incredible incredibly scary. Grocery stores are filled to the brim with processed food products, and most of it isn't even designed for the human body. So Marcy, what are some food myths that have been at the forefront of your mind over these past years of conditioning? (laughs) Well, yeah, I would say that conditioning is a really good word to use for it because Mm -hmm. since we're little, especially as women, marketers know exactly how to market to young women and girls. And it is conditioning in a way because they're selling what they want to sell without thinking of the implications on society. An example of that would probably be Luna Bars. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Have you heard of them, Jamie? I definitely have heard of them. I've probably tried them like once in my life, but I didn't really catch on to that whole deal. What about you, Brent? I have also eaten Luna Bars. Oh. Uh, it Did was you hear not they can in- make you grow boobs? I, I, <laughs> I already had them so <laughs> at the time, and the packaging looked cool. 
So There's women all over it. There's dancing women. That, okay, There's I don't know. I, it was good branding. I was just hence, looking for a hence bar. Why the packaging looked? I'm cool. like, oh, Luna's the moon. Great. I'm gonna grab this thing, and then I ate it. And then my friend was like, Dude, you know, those are for women, right? And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> the whole "it makes you grow boobs" is a lie. If you guys didn't guess that already, <laughs> it was actually a rumor going around that they could make you grow boobs because it is marketed towards women. So I actually, when I was doing my research for this podcast. I googled Luna bars and the thing that came up in the search bar was will Luna bars make you grow boobs because when they first came out they were so heavily marketed towards women wow that people actually believed that so as a young woman myself when I was in my early teens I remember trying to as I, I started developing and stuff and hitting puberty I was a little freaked out by it. So I saw this bar marketed towards women and it was supposed to be healthy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was eating like three of them a day. And it turns out that this bar for women has more sugar than both protein and fiber and is filled with processed soy in many forms. And while some of these are organic, the first ingredient listed is ultra, ultra processed Soy rice crisps, Jeez. aka likely GMO soy drenched in pesticides, <laughs> and it also contains quote natural flavor, which can disguise many unhealthy additives that you probably don't want. And basically, they're using cheap ingredients and marketing it as healthy and weight loss, and it's not cool because it's it's young women are very vulnerable to that. So yeah, stay absolutely. away from the bars. I think the same goes for um, even today because I'm sure the Luna bars kind of came on the scene, what, like 15 years ago? Something like that. So today, this stuff's still happening everywhere we turn, oh, especially yeah. with social media and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And now on Instagram, you have um, the flat tummy. Yes. Su- flat appet- tummy tea. Appetite suppressant lollipops. Yeah, and the tea. And, and the tea. <laughs> yeah, and the teamy tea and um, then you have pills or the vitamins that are in these blue, they're blue gummy bears. Sugar bear hair. Sugar bear hair. So supposed to make your hair grow. Tell us a little grow. bit about these things for the listeners that don't wow. know what they are. Like Brent. Um, honestly. <laughs> not very up to date on Instagram. <laughs> no, I, I am not. I actually like to share a lot of this stuff on my Instagram. It's at Keto Like Jamie. I like to point out some of the things that people most people are not talking about. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that these really big Instagram followings, these women who maybe they're beautiful and that's why they have a big following and they're, Mm. they're promoting these things. I don't don't even know. They're like plastic almost (laughs) things that people are consuming and they are full of color. They're full of chemicals, Mm -hmm. other toxic substances, uh, binders, like crazy shit mm-hmm. that you really shouldn't be putting in your body. Absolutely. And um, these influencers are making a ton of money on on these products as affiliates. All of these young women are out there buying these shakes and lollipop suppressant or yeah. suppressant lollipops and uh, vitamins that are just so gimmicky and they're terrible for you. I remember a time when I was looking at these things and thinking, wow, maybe I should jump on the bandwagon. But then if you do some research, you find out that they're really dangerous, like you were saying. Yeah. And I I just, I literally saw an influencer last night. She came, um, it's Corinne on The Bachelor or she's from that whole scene. Corinne, wait. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of remember. So she um, did a story and she goes, can we just talk about how everyone is bashing me for these protein (laughs) shakes? Oh my God, like everyone drinks that protein shake in this world. Like, like, like. And I'm just like, (laughs) I 
about had it. I just can't even believe that I'm seeing something like this. She posted something about she was holding the um, flat tummy shakes mm-hmm. and th- they don't even disclose their ingredients on their website because no, I've don't. checked and that's what's even s- scarier about them. But um, unfortunately, these influencers have a lot of pull in with our younger generation and also just other women in general. And it's frankly just wrong and it's fraud it is, it is. and it's toxic and everyone needs to unfollow these influencers. Absolutely. Jamila Jamil. I don't know if I'm saying her name, mm-hmm. her name right. She's a actress who is denouncing all of these celebrities that I think I reposted oh, one of her yeah, things I saw one day. Mm-hmm. Own somebody once. Yeah, she, she owns she got, a lot of people. Yeah, she does. She went off on Chloe Kardashian for flat tummy tea. Yes. I think. Good. I yeah. saw that. That was hilarious. She's I think thing- she's the one that posted one day. She's like, you know what? I was I had cramps all night long, mm-hmm. but I still get up for work. Yes, um, women, women are a superpower. And I'm just like, yes, fuck yes. She, she's um, she's at a struggle with anorexia, she said, mm-hmm. when she was in her teenage years, which is why she stands up against these flat tummy teas is because they're promoting unhealthy and disordered eating in young girls. Like the, the theory that you have to be thin even as a young woman and mm-hmm. – It's actually interesting because the flat tummy tea in specific and a lot of these detox teas Mm -hmm. contain the senna leaf, which is a – it's a laxative. Yeah. So so the thing is, like you said, Jamie, they're not actually very open about what's in their ingredients. And on Teen Vogue, they actually talked about – I'm reading this right now – that the long-term use of senna can change the amount or balance of some chemicals in the blood – that can cause heart function disorders, muscle weakness, liver damage, and other harmful effects. Guys, just eat real food. Yes. That is the bottom line. Absolutely. No, but the real question is, does it does it curb your appetite? I don't care about all the rest of that stuff. I, it I has know. caffeine, which they say. Has, caffeine is an appetite suppressant. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Just drink but you don't coffee. need all the other stuff. Yeah, no. just drink some coffee. You, you know what definitely would not work for me? The stupid appetite suppressant lollipops. I don't oh know how gosh. you guys eat lollipops, but when I eat them, it's literally just like the commercial. A one, a two, a three, <laughs> and then I eat the thing. So I can't. It I, is honestly, I remember I was just in New York City a few months back and I saw a huge billboard for uh, Flat Tummy mm-hmm. and, and the girl had the lollipop on it. And um, a bunch of people put together a petition online to remove that billboard and I, I signed it. Have you ever bought any of these products even, I mean, no judgment because like I've no, been there. No, no. You know, I will say I have not done any of that kind of stuff since I was young, like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. When I was 16, 17, you better believe that some of my friends had the uh, the pills that, you know, all the girls uh, were taking. Fen-fen. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> pills like that. I didn't take that, but there was another one, which was essentially what, like speed or something? Yeah. I, I, I don't really know. I, I don't even remember like the brands. Adderall? No, well, th- that was going on. Oh, if we want to get into all that, I'll talk about <laughs> my twenties. Dealt with a lot of drugs, but we won't we won't go there today. That's for a later date. That's a different time, a different podcast, a different place. Yeah, <laughs> um, but certainly in my younger years, you know, people were playing around with the appetite suppressant pills and trying to be skinny. Like nothing's changed. Like you know, I'm 31 now, but um, even back when we were 16 and 17, we all wanted to look a certain way and mm-hmm. fit into the certain size and all that stuff. So absolutely, Brent, what is is your biggest food myth that you've learned throughout Ooh, your life? Well, I'm going to save the biggest, but since you had asked me for these, I grabbed a couple. I'll talk about some of the stuff that that I have experienced, and there's some things that I probably still believe, but whatever the case is, breakfast is the most important meal of the mm-hmm. day. That was one. 
growing up, our teachers Total would bogus. beat that down on us. They're like, you need to eat breakfast. <laughs> and even then, I almost never had time. So what do you do? You grab a Pop-Tart and you go and you eat on oh the my way God, to school. Because I'm always late. I mean, who had time to eat a waffle? <laughs> I was always eating it on the drive into school. But like to me, even with that, there were two very clear ways of thinking. There was the, you need three square meals a day and that's healthy. And then there, it, there was the even more extreme you need to eat like seven small meals Mm -hmm. a day and that'll make your metabolism fast or whatever the case and i guess on the surface that kind of makes sense because you're going to kind of feel hungry basically the whole day so it's going to feel like i'm doing a good thing because i'm hungry and i'm not eating if you haven't done the actual scientific research to see what happens when you eat and the insulin responses then it might make sense to yeah. just eat little pieces over the course of the day. But now we know with science that snacking is like the worst thing you can do. Yeah. It really it really harms you and causes very clear weight gain. And as somebody who's had some very clear weight gain, I understand the role that snacking has had in that. I mean, I will yeah. I will literally if I have let's say I had an unending bag of Doritos, I would basically just eat that the entire day. There would be no point when I would stop. I would just constantly eat it without even thinking about it. I'm the same way, Brent. Like I, even as a female, have always snacked growing up. I mean, this was like part of our daily life. You know, like we always, like snacking was a way to find happiness. Mm -hmm. It was a way to feel good, a way to feel comforted. I personally still deal with it on some level, I definitely have managed to get it better, but I still find myself wanting it. And I do get those cravings still. Well, because if you think about it, it's the psychology behind it. If you're trying to lose weight, they say snack all day, but then it's like, you're supposed to only snack on certain types of food. And those are the foods that you probably don't want, like eating carrots all day or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then I mean, I've experienced this when I tried to do the whole snacking all day thing. I tried to just eat something really healthy all day to snack on, and it wasn't satisfying. No, it's just not. And psychologically, that just made me go crazy. Like, I was like, I'm snacking, but this is not actually satiating. It just is going to make you hungry all day. Yeah, it's just like, this is, it's a never-ending cycle. Yeah, I mean, if you're constantly feeding yourself, your body just never stops, and it's just constantly processing, and it really needs a break. If we were in the wild, we just would eat sometimes. Yep. No, yeah. not three times a day at certain times every single day. So do you want to talk more about the philosophy philosophy behind that? Yeah. So I, I don't know what the philosophy, I don't know how they got to what they got to, but the thing about fasting that it took me a long time to get cool with it. Cause mm-hmm. somebody's like, Oh, you should do intermittent fasting. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? Everyone's always told me I'm fat because I eat one big meal a day and that's it. Mm-hmm. But what I, I'm also doing is snacking over the course of the day. So yeah, I am only eating one big meal, but mm-hmm. I'm also eating from the second I wake up till the second I go to sleep mm-hmm. at some point. Right. So what's the difference? So I know we haven't talked about intermittent fasting on this show, but the quick elevator pitch is when you are hungry, the evolutionary response is, okay, it's time to release some extra adrenaline. Let's increase your metabolism and get you out there to go get food. I'm going to give you some extra energy. So that you can go get the food you need in your body. Now, if there's going to become a point where it's like, okay, there was no food available. Now we're regressing and we're going into starvation. I'm shutting Mm -hmm. you down and killing your metabolism so that it's slower and you're more or less hibernating. But the intermittent fasting, basically, in the periods where you're not eating, your body is trying to convince you to go get food. So it releases all different hormones and it Mm -hmm. gets you out there and going. So Mm -hmm. that's the... There's a lot more science behind it, and I had to listen to a lot of different people and yeah. podcasts, and I'm yeah. sure we're going to have an entire episode about intermittent fasting, we so should, I won't go yeah. into that. But 
it's pretty clear. Like this isn't pseudoscience. There, you know, there are some things that you can dismiss like that. You can be like, I don't know, that's kind of pseudosciencey. Right. This is very clear hormonal. Yeah, it and it's it's also um, evolutionarily consistent. Yeah, right? makes so, perfect sense. Yeah, if you stop viewing food and diet from a modern perspective, and you just take a look from an ancestral lens, it's so different and it makes sense. Unfortunately, that's just hard to get people to do. Right. Well, the mental block there is, why would I want to go back to doing it the way we already did it? We're so much better off now. The difference is our bodies were created and evolved in a certain way. Our bodies are still the same. Yeah. I mean, we yes, we have evolved, but we are still supposed to be one with nature and we're not. We've removed ourselves from our natural environment mm-hmm. and we live in the four walls that don't support what we should be doing, how we should be thriving. Yeah. Now, 20 generations from now, there may be people on a podcast in space saying, (laughs) hey, guys, look, we I understand that when humans evolved, they had to eat this way. But now we've been eating synthetic food this long. Like we have to keep eating that. Don't go back to basics. Mm -hmm. We will probably evolve because of the way the processed foods are are scary doing things to be different. And there's going to be maybe even people who might not even feel like the same species in thousands of years. There's going to be the people who they they ate a certain way and their offspring ate a certain way. And then there's going to be the people who are, you know, like the people from Wally where they're just fat and floating around and they can't do anything. (laughs) And what's the common theme floating through all of these food myths that we've discussed guys. It's marketing. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It's corporate gains, corporate gains and fancy grocery stores, restaurants. So we've got, the bars, we've got intermittent fasting, we've got flat tummy tea. Another one is the alcohol culture. Oh, so yeah. a food myth specifically related to that is that a nightcap is good for you and will help you sleep better. Have you guys heard that one? Yeah. I mean, I've I've heard like the whole glass of wine, which more recently has been debunked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't really think wine has a place in the human diet or alcohol on from any it doesn't place. Um, but my mom, her breast cancer doctors she's she she has a risk in her family of breast cancer and she sees a very top surgeon who talks about how alcohol is actually they say like one glass of wine is good for you you just don't need it the antioxidants are all they say is good for you and you can literally get that in a cup of matcha or, or blueberries eating real food or yeah. just eating real food it's not true and right before this podcast started Jamie and I were talking about our frustrations with the alcohol culture. And I was telling her about this ad that I came across on Instagram and it was targeted towards, you know, women in their early thirties, late twenties about in their yoga outfits, in their yoga outfits and, athleisure. <laughs> and they're walking into a chic apartment with their yoga mat strapped to their back and they go to a Smirnoff bottle and it says uh. the perfect post-workout drink. And they're pouring like cucumber mint vodka into a glass infusing it and it just made me really triggered because that's so false and not only is it bad for you it's just it's just toxic and a lot of people don't know they don't know any difference so they'll they'll see stuff like that and they'll just believe it yeah unfortunately bad enough that everyone believes to like oh go get your all these like protein shakes that have like 50 grams of sugar in them and smoothies and oh my gosh yeah it's rampant. Yeah. The marketing is a product of kind of the way the corporations will do things. Mm-hmm. And we will say things on this show on the ancestral mind like, ah, oh, the corporations and we'll we'll call them 
um, they're almost like this evil entity, right? But that's kind of just a substitute for saying what's actually going on, mm-hmm. which is they're probably not evil. They're trying to make money. Yeah. And they've done their research. Why and, isn't that evil? Well, it's way, okay to make it's okay to try to make money, but you have to do it in such a way that it doesn't harm other people. And that's so, not the case. Yeah. It's okay to like well, be a psychologist and help people. It's not okay to be a psychologist and try to convince people to kill themselves. Like, you know, there's, there's different, there's different ways you can do things. So what's happening is with these, these big corporations, they're like, Oh, this item has been selling really well. So we need to market that more. We need to push this item more. And this one's not selling so well. So we're going to put that one off to the side. Well, the one that's selling well, what does it have in it? It has more sugar. Mm -hmm. Why is it selling well? Because people are addicted to it and they want it more. So, well, it's, it's like the argument by Niccolo Machiavelli, the philosopher, is you know the end does the ends justify the means these people want to make money right but does that justify their actions never no and and they can be doing it for what they consider to be altruistic reasons like they might be like no this is what the customers want or they I'll, want this I'll thing dev- devil's advocate it's natural to want to succeed and get ahead in society you know just like in nature you want to be the one with the most resources yeah but not at the expense tribe not at the expense of hurting your tribe at the same time I think that some people – I'm not like this, but I think m- some people lack that compassion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? totally. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And plus, um, money has so much power, and you put money and ego together, and they're, and they're pretty unstoppable mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. So Absolutely. Really you scary. also find those people won't harm their own tribe. So they it's still very much an us versus them even in that situation. So they will – somebody who's running a huge corporation – you'll find that maybe they don't feed their family their own food if they've discovered, oh, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of sugar in this. Or nepotism is a pretty clear example of this. So a lot of rich people will end up putting their son-in-law or whatever in a position of power that they don't need or deserve. Mm, Yeah. And it's because we still have these tribal ties, but there's so many humans and so close to each other that the tribal ties are very mostly just family or whatever the case. Yeah. So those are definitely Certainly. interesting pieces. I've got, a, I've got a food myth that I'd like um, one of you two to answer since you're keto. Butter being bad for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, geez, that has been a myth for quite some time now. And I mean, I, I certainly don't agree with that. I do think that like from, for my personal situation, I'm not consuming as much butter as I was before, but it doesn't mean that it's like terrible for people. Mm-hmm. And I also think butter can be better than other dairy sources that people are turning to, especially like in their coffees. Right. You know, I'll well, take it a step further. The reason butter's fine is it's fat mostly. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought that fat is what makes you fat. Mm-hmm. And I made, I can't remember where I made this point. I think it was on one of Colin's shows, but I don't understand why we call the fat that's on me the same as the fat that's in the food. Mm. Right. So it's different. It feels like it should be a different name Yeah, it's because it's not directly correlated. Now, maybe it is the exact same chemical makeup. I don't that actually know interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. But it should be called something else because the correlation is really easy to make. Like if I if I was like, hey, your sugar content in your blood is affected actually by the salt that you eat and mm-hmm. the sugar that you eat has nothing to do with it. You'd be like, wait, what? Yeah. So the fat myth that fat is bad for you is perpetuated by bad science back in the day Mm -hmm. and it was a lot easier for bad science to catch on and just be the thing that everybody all of a sudden thought it wasn't the information age back then it wasn't as easy to just be like you know what i'm gonna google both sides of this argument and see what is going on see who makes the most sense 
yeah. you know, there, now there are people who are going to Google the answer to the problem. They're going to be like, why is butter good or why is butter bad? Or then, but the real way to do that is, okay, why do both and then figure out what you actually believe in in the middle. And we found through the ketogenic diet and through multiple other sources that fat can be fuel for the body and mm-hmm. is significantly better fuel if done properly than carbohydrates are, but we're going to use carbs first. Have you been feeling any better since being on the keto diet? Well, I'm not, I, I haven't done keto. Oh, you're not doing No, keto. no, I've, I've been doing intermittent fasting. I have done keto before, okay. so I did Just it badly. Just not right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I needed to do it to win a weight loss bet. Uh-huh. I, I ended up. I, I, I think you should try it again, but this time no money involved. I felt that the restriction leads to me breaking down. So mm-hmm. like, and failing at it when I put too much restriction on it. So when I finally do cheat, I'm just like, all right, fine. It's over. I'm just going to go crazy right. and do yeah. that. So I need to stick with things I that think work. It's, I think it's important to also think about like maybe consider the harm that you're doing to your body when you are in that mindset of, Oh, screw it. Like it's just, I'm breaking down. Yeah. Like, no, it's, do you, do you, do you consider the harm that you're, you're doing to yourself when you're in that breakdown moment? For, for me, the endorphin rush that I get from eating cancels right, any do- of that out. It's dopamine, yeah. So, or, yeah, it, it's like the, that's why I'm such a foodie. Like nothing makes me happier than spending $400 on a meal that's amazing, right? So, but also terrible for you at the same time. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Like, you know, I can't imagine there's many. 99% of the time it is. <laughs> in molecular I mean. gastronomy places that are, yeah. that are particularly good for you. But they are amazing foods. So for me the lifestyle that works for me to lose weight. And, and, and since I moved to Austin, I've kind of got back to it. You saw me do yeah. it the last time um, that I, that I lost weight. But uh, since I've been to Austin, I, I'm now down like 25 pounds in good. two months or something. So that's pretty, that's amazing. It has to be something that I don't really think about. So with the intermittent mm-hmm. fasting, I just have a little app on my phone. When I eat my last eat of the day, I press a button yeah. and it gives me a notification when it's okay to eat the next day. Yeah. And I do 18 hours. I, I think something, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, that's no fun. I had a good one too. Yes, good little nugget. The science behind keto is pretty clear. And when I was doing it before, I was doing a bad version. I was eating a lot of cheese. Yeah. So I didn't realize how kind of bad that was. And also didn't, I didn't know I was lactose intolerant at the time. So. Yeah. That was pretty bad. Okay, I remembered. Oh. All I want to say is I think in someone like in a position like yours, and I've even had to deal with this on, on my own. I think the answer in the interim is to and ju- just give this a try. Find great alternatives to those meals that you get the dopamine rushes from. So right. if you're used to eating like, a, you know, burgers and fries, find a better alternative, like make your own burgers and own own mm. homemade fries, right. you know, or go to a grass fed organic place that provides those, you know? So I think for a lot of people, like if you try to make that switch and shut, shut it off, I think it's probably an impossible task for most people. Yeah. It's really I, hard. It's like cold turkey on anything. I, I think that there are people in this world who can flip the switch and, and start tomorrow. Um, but I don't think that's for 99% of of, of humanity. Right. I think we mostly have issues regarding um, our emotional positions on all of these things. And it's true, truly troubling to make this transition. So like I said, in the interim, try to find those alternatives. Yeah. Absolutely. I can tell you some of the things that I've done. Um, I did the intermittent fasting. I swapped out. I started getting snap kitchen, which is this go. local Austin that. company yeah. that they do have good ingredients in right. their food and they prepare it and bring it to you. And you just heat it up in the microwave. Yeah. I can't cook. So like, that's the, I could, could I learn to cook? Sure. Do I have the time? Not really. And I'm just going to 
you know, that's one of those things that if I tried to make that my thing, I would fail. So I, I don't agree with that. Well, I, I definitely don't agree that you would fail. I think there might be a learning curve. And I think that you resisting um, cooking your own food, which every human being should have the ability to do, because what else like are our physical abilities? Yeah. What are some things the listeners can do to, you know, make sure that they don't fall victim to these food myths? Hmm. Well, certainly keep doing your research, guys. Um, never stop in this area. Try to find really great sources, uh, books, doctors. They're all over, especially on YouTube and social media. Mm -hmm. So we are so lucky to have resources all around us who can truly be a catalyst in our journeys. So I always recommend. But I also recommend just trying to eat real food. Um, one little piece that I wanted to add in about the quote-unquote bar culture, like the bars that we're all eating, um, I think that a lot of people are turning to these bars like packaged foods and between snacking and coffees, they're just missing uh, the most important thing here, which is to eat real food. So really encourage people to stay away from the snack foods. Yeah. And, you know, also just look for symptoms. Like if you are experiencing acid reflux or constipation, some would say those are symptoms of leaky gut. So yeah. you have to ask yourself, what are you eating? Mm -hmm. Is it what I'm eating? It and might consuming, be. Yeah. And it also might be that things that you've always had, you know, always eaten and didn't used to give you symptoms can start to give you symptoms without warning. Your body is always changing. So always ask what you're eating, talk to a nutritionist and do your research. Yeah. If you need proof for that, think about the person you know that's like, no, I was never allergic to cats my whole life. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not the only allergy that you can develop or have issues with in your body. The other thing I would add is look for look for good resources if you can. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between a random YouTuber that's telling you right. to drink the, the tummy tea or whatever the hell that was called mm -hmm. and a doctor right. who has a doctor who is still learning. Now, there are a lot of really bad doctors out there that stop learning. Yeah, and you'll see this true. when you go into like your, you know, your doctor has been a general practitioner for 35 years. They stop. They have a set mindset and they've stopped trying to figure out if they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And anytime you do that in life, you're going to you're going to hit a wall because I promise you in 10 years, we're going to have said something on this podcast that we're like, whoa, guys, we were actually wrong about that. Mm -hmm. Like we need to go back and we need to there's new studies that came out from these reputable resources. They've been peer reviewed like. This is bad. I don't know what it's going to be for now. This is our best understanding of I don't think it's going to be eat from nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's, that's pretty clear. Yeah, but maybe like stevia ends up being a bad yeah. thing or um, or maybe even monk fruit. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Like for what we understand now, those are good things and they're mm -hmm. fine for us. But at least we're not still on the Splenda train yeah. for the most part. Yeah. It, and there was a period where people thought Splenda was perfectly healthy Ugh, and great for you. I was guilty. Of so, that. you know, the, and that wasn't that long ago. If you, yeah. Yeah, if you really think about it. So. I Things change. My purse. Try not to have super dogmatic views on whatever it is and continue to learn, especially about nutrition. And, um, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But if you keep learning about nutrition, that's the you do that every day, multiple times a day for your entire life. You should be a pro at that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah, and one of sure. my favorite people is actually Dr. Axe. If you guys want a good resource, resource definitely yep. check him out. And of course, wild foods yeah and as always we encourage people to just uh try to become more present with their natural environment and we hope you guys liked this podcast today 
Uh, we, we will be looking forward to seeing some of your reviews. So we would love if you guys could take the time out and leave us a nice little review and we'll see you guys shortly. Thank you, Brent, for coming on Thanks, and Brent. giving us all You're your welcome. wisdom. You actually have quite quite the wisdom in yeah. the in the nutrition space. I'm, you know how many episodes I've been on yeah, with Colin? Exactly. And this, I didn't until yeah, totally. a few weeks ago. That's amazing. Well, thank you guys so much and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. And of course, remember that nobody on the Into the Wild podcast is a nutritional advisor, a dietitian, or a medical professional. Please do your own research. And listen to this song. <laughs> <laughs>